feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a party. And I hope you had a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Well, there are so many questions still about the Gilgo Beach, Long Island murders. These, of course, uh, are the women whose bodies, mostly women whose bodies were found along Gilgo Beach on the stretch of beach in Long Island. And you know that they busted the guy last week, this Rex Hurman, this architect who was living in a really kind of dingy looking house. And in fact, If you look at the area of Long Island where he was living, he stood out like a sore thumb. Usually people like this try to kind of meld into society. But if you see his house, it looks like a dump. It doesn't fit with the rest of the neighborhood. It's a very nice Long Island neighborhood. And yet his home just looked like, you know, it was an eyesore. It wasn't appealing. It looked downtrodden. It looked odd. And that alone should have sent some signals to people saying maybe there's something weird about this individual. Also, the home was just about 17 miles from where the bodies were found. He's also a big guy. And he also was driving the kind of vehicle that was recently described by somebody. It was a pimp who basically said uh, one of the victims was seen driving away in this vehicle, that the suspect was driving a vehicle like this. You should take a look at it. So all of these different things, when you put them all together, you should have said, wait a minute, there's something unusual about this. And now investigators are going through this guy's home and not just the outside, but the inside is downright creepy. Turns out that there was sort of a secret room that also an interior designer who went over to the house. Can you imagine? Wow, what a what a project that must have been. Apparently, he didn't want to show the interior designer this downstairs room. Uh, what was in that room? Uh, maybe some very scary things. But also, we're finding out tonight, and this is stunning. There are reports that nearly 300 firearms were discovered in basically a walled-off vault area in the home. 300 firearms belonging to this guy. And apparently, he had gun permits for at least several dozen of them. So it begs the question, who was giving him the gun permits? Don't you think that that should have been a big old red flag? You got an architect who was suddenly buying gun after gun after gun. Some of these victims were shot. Some of them were strangled. But regardless, you got an architect who's buying tons of guns and many of them with gun permits. Some of them probably illegal, but a lot of them were not. So who was signing off on that? There's a lot of questions tonight. Who was agreeing to allow an architect in a downtrodden home, a big guy at a time where there's all these people whose bodies have been strewn in the neighborhood, basically, and somebody's allowing this person to buy gun after gun after gun? We need to get to the bottom of that. Who signed off on that? 
There's a lot of questions tonight, and I smell cover-up in a lot of different ways. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And the details when you hear of what they're pulling out of the house is really downright chilling. They've pulled out in the last day or so, apparently, this vault that has close to 300 firearms. They pulled out a doll that was not in their kid's bedroom. The guy is a father, apparently, of two, a special needs son and a daughter who also works with him. So what are all these creepy things doing there? And again, who signed off on the firearms? Apparently, a number of them were bought legally. Don't you think some bell should have gone off when an architect kept wanting to buy gun after gun after gun? And we can't forget that the former police chief also is behind bars. He got arrested. He got busted uh, for being with a prostitute and also beating up on a guy who was trying to take things out of his patrol car. And it included sex toys and a whole bunch of other stuff. And it seems like during that era, when that police chief was there and a different DA, it seems like things got really swept under the rug. So there are some really serious questions tonight. And one of the women who was able to call 911 said, hey, I'm being followed by some guys. They are following me. They, meaning plural. So do you think? that maybe there is more than meets the eye in this case, and maybe there's more than one person involved in this case. I do believe that this Rex Herman, based on the evidence that we've heard from the DA, sounds pretty strong case against him. So far, they've charged him with three different murders. Remember the Gilgo Four were the first four bodies that were found. They believe that eventually it's going to be all four of them. But what about the other 10 or so bodies that have been found also in the area? And do you think he did it all or do you think he was working with somebody? Why was someone, it seems like, allowing this crazy architect in town who was buying firearm after firearm, living in a creepy house, allowed to continue doing that? And why didn't they focus in on this guy early on? It seems like when this new DA took over, that he was laser focused and able to quickly pretty much solve this case. He finally got the FBI involved. He got a lot of people involved. But it seems like the past regime didn't really even want to focus on this at all, even though it was major headlines across the country, across the world. So there's, I think, a lot of unanswered questions tonight. And it certainly makes you wonder, is there a lot more to the story than meets the eye? What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. First off, here is Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison this morning saying that so far they have just gotten this guy on a few of the murders, but he believes more are to come. You've linked him for sure with three or four deaths. We have him for three, and we're definitely looking at a fourth one. Three, and we're definitely looking at a fourth one. Again, what about all those other bodies? There's a whole bunch of other crimes out there that have yet to be taken into account. And does it all go to this guy or was he working with others in sort of some sort of sex ring or porn ring? The other thing I can't you know, ignore is the fact that this former Suffolk County in New York police chief, again, who was jailed for beating a man who found porn and sex toys in his cop car, also apparently in it 
There was a DVD, a porn DVD, with sickening footage that showed a bound and gagged women being tortured on this video of this former police chief. That doesn't sound good. And that's the guy who kind of let this investigation slide. So you see where I'm going? There's a lot of interesting questions tonight. And here is a little bit more from the Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison talking about the number of guns, which has now gone up even higher since he did this interview a few hours ago. It's over 200 guns. Uh, he had an arsenal in his uh, in a vault that he had downstairs. So uh, it's concerning uh, regarding the guns being registered or um, legal or not. That's something that we're still taking a, a look at. But uh, uh, anytime somebody has that type of uh, arsenal, we, we have some concerns. Yeah, for sure. And take a listen. Earlier today, John Katzenmatidis and I on Katz and Cosby, 5 o'clock on WABC, we were talking with Rudy Giuliani. And this is what he had to say about something not smelling right with this case. District Attorney, who Tony will remember really well because he gave a very hard time to a friend of ours, for which I will never forgive him, always thought he was a creep. He was covering up for him, Spago. And Spago went to jail for corruption, for obstruction of justice, for kind of doing what they do for Biden. He covered up the case for the police commission, which tells you maybe this is getting a little further into the, into the structure of Suffolk County. By that, I mean, they were not, well, he appointed him, so that would be one reason. But covering up a case, you're not going to just do it. It would seem to me there'd be only two reasons that a guy like Spago would cover up a case. One, he's going to get a lot of money for it. Two, he's involved in some way, or very important people are involved. This, uh, as far as I know, the uh, Burke, the commissioner, did not have a huge amount of money. So if Spago put himself out, he's in jail now, Spago. If Spago put himself out to commit a major federal felony, which, you know, is similar to the ones committed in Washington that they disregard. But here they prosecuted it and they put him in jail for like two or three years. Wow. Put him in jail for two or three years. Doesn't that sound fishy? And why would you pass the buck on this case? There is something that really stinks. I'm Danish and there's something rotten in Denmark. You know, I'm Danish and Polish. So, uh, you know, I really think something stinks if I invoke Denmark. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm, actually, real quick on line six. Norm, your thoughts. This There's something that that we are missing here. Um, and the fact that this case suddenly was pretty quickly solved by this new DA, who's terrific, by the way, uh, Ray Tierney, the Suffolk County DA, um, but apparently he assigned a detective and almost immediately within like a month or two, this detective started putting it together. I mean, which means what happened for the 10 years before that? Okay. Um, the, the issue I have, Rita, is, I mean, he had apparently this Hoyerman guy. I don't think he had a criminal record, right? Yeah, I have not heard that he had any criminal record. You're right. correct. As far as I know, you're so right. Since he, since he didn't have a criminal record and he lives in Suffolk County. They don't have the gun laws like they have in New York City. Um, I'm just saying uh, I've known a lot of gun collectors, and some of them have guns, the amounts of guns that this guy had. From what I can see in this blue box, 
you know, I see a picture, you know, where they're going through his house. Uh, the guns appear to be antique guns. If they're antique guns, they don't require any licensing whatsoever. I don't know if not, you know, the 92 guns that had um, some sort of paperwork on them were probably modern guns. Uh, having 92 guns, he's a wealthy guy. He's an architect. Um, just the, that, that, that career, I don't think that would bear anything on whether somebody would sell him those guns or not. But, uh, you know, I, I, I look, I, there's a lot of other weird things with this guy that, you know, I'm sure there were red flags all over the place. The fact that he had 300 uh, guns, uh, I don't know if they were antique or whatever. Uh, that's not, you know, I know a lot of gun collectors in the Midwest and things, and they have uh, collections that, you know, would rival that. And they're uh, By the way, Norm, killers as far as I know. Norm, you bring <laughs> up a great point because you're right. Some of them we don't know. Some of them may have been, like you said, right. antique um, collection. The only thing that I find odd and mm-hmm. by and we haven't heard that he was a gun collector um and that it was okay. in this well and this and and, and I could be wrong cuz you know we're still just learning details about mm-hmm. this guy but what's also kind of interesting norm is that um in these uh, the 300 firearms that we're now hearing about in a walled off vault behind a locked metal door in his basement that it was sort of in like sort of a secret stash area um, here's let me just read you. It says stash included pistols, revolvers, and semi-automatic rifles, um, and also this weird doll that's kind of really bizarre. Apparently, some life-size doll uh, that was not in his children's rooms, which is odd uh, that he would keep it near there. Um, but yeah, we don't know. But I would still think, Norm, you know, unless we hear that he was like the most famous collector of guns in town. That's a lot of guns. You got a big guy. You've got people who've been killed in the area, some by bullets, some it looks like strangled these women. Most of the, at least those ones that he's been charged with so far, I believe were strangled because the hyoid bone of the neck was broken. Um, but it, there's something still very odd to me that somebody would keep over and over again. And you're right. There are different parts of town where people have a lot of guns. But there's something really weird about that. Norm, stick with us. I'll get you to reply after the break. We're going to go to a quick break. But I just find it odd. If you see the guy's house, you see he's an architect. If he's not a gun collector, um, and we haven't heard that he's like a known gun collector by anybody's accord, there's just something weird about it. And there's something weird that they gave this case a pass for 10 years. And it's not every town that has the former police chief charge. Uh, with having videos and some very s- disgusting videos of women being tortured and gagged. These women appear to have been tortured and gagged and killed. Um, I mean, it's just, there's just some, there's, there's something else here that we do not know, Norm. Um, stick with us. I'll get you to reply after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I 
It's the Rita Cosby Show. Talking about the suspected Gilgo Beach killer, Rex Hureman. By the way, also investigators searched a storage locker today, a big facility in Amityville, also in Long Island, where he was suspected of using that. You also saw them bringing up bookcases, dressers, uh, drawers, clothing. There was a whole bunch of stuff coming out of the storage locker and his home as well. What are they looking for? And are you stunned, as I was just talking earlier with Norm, that they say now tonight that there were nearly 300 firearms in a walled off vault behind a locked metal door in his basement? And that was in an area that he didn't want to show an interior designer. An interior designer showed up there and said, Oh, let me take a look around. There'll need to be a lot of work on the interior and exterior. And I said, no, 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 you can't go down there. That was like his sacred spot, which sounds a little creepy to me. And the fact that it's all these weapons, there were only permits apparently for 90 or so. So what was he doing with all these firearms? And we were talking with Norm earlier. There's no evidence. That I've seen that he was like a gun aficionado, that he was known in town. And somebody buying this kind of weapons, he's an architect, I'm sorry. You know, uh, figuring out what buildings look like and cement uh, doesn't really require you to have a gun. You know, and especially to go to this degree. Clearly, there were so many red flags that were missed. And the fact that once a detective sort of was solely focused on this, almost immediately they put this together. Let's go back to Norm. Line six. Norm, your thoughts. Yeah, uh, Rita, I just I was thinking in the break here. um, Now, these guns that he had in this room, there was he was there easy access to these guns or they walled in the wall. They were the way it's described, sort of a walled off vault that was kind of hidden behind a locked metal door. So like. Okay. Went to and it, it, but it's in a room that he didn't want to show people apparently, which right. is a little creepy, Norm. Yeah, well, you listen, know what I'm thinking. That, this is like I don't want to imagine what was going on in that room. No, neither, neither do I. But the fact is, is that he lived in a rundown, decrepit house. And if I lived in a rundown, decrepit house, and I cared about like you know people stealing my 300 guns. I would put it in a Waldorf room where nobody could access. So I don't, you know, I, I look. Uh, that, by the way, Norm, like that, the- Norm, that's a fair point. You're right. Maybe it's that. Or maybe he's just a monster and a creep and he wanted to hide it from his family. Uh, there's a lot of questions, though. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, history being made at the NYPD as NYPD Commissioner Edward Caban took over as the 46th head of the nation's largest police force today. And Eddie Caban 
was there as people were waving Puerto Rican flags, a nod to actually his heritage. The top cop was sworn in by Mayor Eric Adams of New York outside the Bronx's 40th Precinct Station House today. That was where his first assignment was when he joined the NYPD back in 1991. Now, Caban was born in the Bronx. He attended Cardinal Hayes High School and he is the NYPD's first Latino commissioner. He said in his speech that the first time he stepped into the station house, he realized none of the photos hanging on the wall of dozen previous commanders look like him. But he also, by the way, had a very powerful mentor in his own family. His father, Juan Caban, was a first grade transit police detective and the head of that department's Hispanic Society, advocating for other Latino cops. By the way, uh, he also succeeds someone else who made history, Keyshawn Sewell. She was the first woman to run the NYPD. So now the new 46th commissioner of the NYPD, the first Latino, Edward Caban, taking over just a few hours ago. And I always love our Back the Blue segment where we get to honor our great law enforcement and their families. Well, that's why I have such faith in law enforcement, as you guys know, which is why I still can't figure out why it took authorities so long to piece together the Gilgo Beach murders. And now we know that there's up to like 18 different bodies out there that may be connected. Some may not. But why was it basically ignored? It almost seems for 10 years. It seems like a lot of leads weren't followed up on a lot of obvious things that now when suddenly the new DA who came in just a few years ago, when he came in, he said, I'm going to make this my priority. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. And he very quickly did. And in fact, he assigned a detective to the case and almost immediately that detective was getting clues, including one of them came from an unidentified pimp described the suspect's vehicle to authority, basically giving them details about a green Chevrolet avalanche during a meeting that he had with investigators in the spring of 2022. That was after they went over the details that they already had on the file. So again, it makes you wonder, what were they doing? Why were they not looking at these clues back then? They had the DNA evidence, although, of course, Now, DNA investigations and and the sophistication of DNA matching is much more advanced than it was then. But still, they had the description. They had other people describing what the person looked like, that he was a big guy, 6'4", 240, 250 pounds. Certainly fits this guy if you see him. I mean, this guy would stand out. He was huge. I remember when I saw the perp walk of him on Friday. You see this big, huge monster of a guy walking with all these cops and he stands like a, like a tower above them. He, you know, you don't miss him. And then apparently this was a very distinguishable type of car that it was sort of a first generation. And sure enough, now people are saying today on Google earth, you know, when you can search things, you could see that there was that kind of a vehicle at this guy's house. And again, he lived 17 miles from the scene, so he knew the area. They always believed it was someone who lived in the area, someone who was kind of melding in, someone who was a big guy, a white guy, Caucasian. They had a description, somebody with brown hair. All of these things fit this guy. So why didn't the earlier regime of law enforcement go through these leads? Why didn't they track down this pimp? Why didn't they track down others? 
what was going on. There's something here that really just is rotten. And I want to hear your thoughts about all of this. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is the Suffolk County DA, Ray Tierney, who made it again his duty to basically say, I'm going to solve this case if you elect me. Of course, he got put in office just recently, and it was lightning speed that they solved this case. So he did a great job and listened to him describing that break on the vehicle. I think the, you know, what was real important was March 14th of 2022, when we linked, the, we were able to link the uh, avalanche truck to uh, the defendant. And not only that, uh, but the, that was re- with re- relation to the last murder, uh, Am- Am- Amber Costello. And um, there was also a physical description which matched the defendant. And that, uh, as well as the phone usage, uh, which linked uh, Yerman to his house in, in Massapequa, as well as his business in uh, Midtown Manhattan. And then also they said that this guy, was so creepy that Google searches showed that he was tracking down the family members of the victims. And in fact, one of them actually received a 911 call, basically where the accused was taunting, basically, the individual and saying, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to now come for you. But I mean, really creepy stuff. Take a listen to what the DA had to say. The evidence shows that at one point he accessed the first uh, victim's phone, uh, tried to get uh, access to her, her voicemail. Uh, with regard to the second uh, victim, uh, he at, on at least three occasions, he, he reached out to well, her What sister. did he say to them when he contacted them? Um, he admitted that he uh, was the killer uh, and, uh, you know, he, he had some, uh, some disparaging things to say about the, the sister and, and said he was going to come find her. That is unbelievable. You just heard reached out three times and had disparaging things to say about the sister that he had already killed because this person who was calling claimed he was the killer and basically said he was going to come find her. I mean, that is just, this is like creepy, creepy. But you had all these details, all these things, and they still weren't able to put it together. And then also... Here's what they found on some Google searches on his computer. Take a listen. He was searching for, he was, he was asking questions such as, you know, what, what is the phone evidence in, in, in the Gilgo case? How, can they, how come they can't trace the phones in the Gilgo case? So he's asking specific question, questions with regard to our investigative mm-hmm. means. He was also um, making searches of the victims, looking at pictures of the victims online, and he was running searches of the victim's siblings and, in one instance, their child, and it, it appeared as though he was trying to locate them. Trying to locate the family. I mean, this is just wild that he was doing all of this. And apparently, again, married. There's no evidence at this point that his wife or his kids were aware of anything. He had a special needs son and has a daughter who works with him at the architectural firm. We haven't heard. I haven't seen any comments from them. I have seen some neighbors say that he was a little creepy. And then there was this case over the weekend that came out of the New York Post where a woman said in early July, she was at a park not too far from him, uh, from where they lived. And apparently uh, this guy came up behind her and it was him. She says it was Rex Hurman saying, hey, how are you? You come here often? You know, she's late at the night and she got really creeped out. And then he showed up again, like kind of popped out of the bushes a couple of times. 
And then she finally called her friend, and then she also reported it to 911. And she said for sure it was him. The other one is this woman who was in some like group chat with Rex Herman, an architectural group, because he's an architect. And she says that when she left the group, she suddenly got all these calls from him saying, hey, why did you leave the group? Uh, what's going on? Can we meet? And they met at a bar and she thought they were going to talk about architecture. And he wanted to talk about the Gilgo killings. Isn't this creepy? And basically, I was talking about how there were 10 killings and, you know, and she said, yeah, it's really creepy. And he said, yeah, you just never know who's a serial killer. Can you imagine? Now, this woman said it was definitely him because he was part of this group of architects. I am really weird, wacky stuff. And here's a little bit more about the DA. This is DA Ray Tierney of Suffolk County saying that they used a lot of technology to map, even though he had burner phones. And by the way, he was going to get a burner phone refilled recently. They had video of him walking into a store and trying to get more footage of a burner phone. Isn't that absolutely incredible? I mean, to me, it's like it it sounds to me like he was basically in the mood to set something else up that he was in. Something was in the works, which is maybe part of the reason that they swooped in. I would hope they'd swoop in anyway, regardless but it certainly seems very fishy that he was going to get a burner phone, was he? So he was continuing this pattern over and over and over again. And eventually, the DA says they were able to pinpoint where the burner phone calls were coming from, and they connected to his architecture office, and they connected to his home. Take a listen. Back in 2012, when a lot of this material was still available, there was a FBI phone expert who went into and drove through the Massapequa Park area and established a map of of the phone co- uh, the phone the cell phone coverage in that area. And he indicated that uh, he showed a small area in this Massapequa Park neighborhood, which uh, indicated that not not only was the killer using a phone in that area, but one of the victims had used her phone in that area as well. Uh, And similarly, they went to uh, Midtown Manhattan and uh, they they mapped out a a same area in Midtown Manhattan. What's significant about that, of course, is uh, the defendant lives in this small area in Massapequa Park and works in the area located in Midtown Manhattan. So it sure sounds like they got this guy dead to rights. It sure sounds like they got a lot of evidence, but why did they miss the mark? Why did they ignore it for so long? Was somebody friends with this guy? Was somebody friends with the chief of police? What was the chief of police doing with a video in the back of his car uh, that apparently then he also beat up the guy who who took that video? So there's a lot of questions. And the video was, you know, very sexual about women and some very, like, horrible things that are very similar to some of these crimes. So, I mean, there's a lot of questions here. I really smell something really rotten with this case. And I think there's a lot more than meets the eye. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tony, line three. Tony, what do you think about all this? You know, I smelled like something very fishy, and I'll tell you why. I'll make it short. I remember Son of Sam. They they got him right away. They were no games played. Different different neighborhood, right? And I also uh, studied the story of Elizabeth Short. You may remember in 1947, the Black Valley murder case. She was a young girl who went out to California to make her way into the movies. Insignificant. 
and she was like mutilated out in the open in a in a park in Los Angeles. And that murder case was never, never solved. And people said back then, you know, when you look at people who are in a certain category, you know, she she didn't have the same lifestyle as these women from the Long Island murder trials, but she was someone who no one really paid attention to. She came from another part of the country and no one reported her missing, I guess. And so they had many people interviewed. They had five suspects narrowed down. One was a doctor, George Hodel, and his son has since written tons of stories about it. And he was one of the suspects and he was let go. And he was a physician who, for a physician, he was able to do that type of crime. It should have been a no-brainer. And I always felt bad for her because I said, you know, she went somewhere, she was insignificant, much like the women in the Long Island um, instance we're talking about. And she was, um, she wasn't a cool girl, but she, she made her, you know, her way in Los Angeles and, and look what happened to her. So no one really pursued it. And when the son wrote the story about his father, he, he said, you know, couple of things. The house was like a really nice mansion. And when the father passed away, they went into the house, Rita, and they had like, he had secret rooms. The daughter told stories about the father after he passed away. So this is what I thought of. I thought of why, because she's not that important or because maybe she was part of their entertainment. And that's how I felt that whoever the police department were then, I know they were corrupt. I know they had a history of corruption. Yeah, the guy was arrested. Uh, The police chief was arrested, you know. So there's definitely some serious questions here, you know. And then you look at a son of Sam, and that got wrapped up quickly. So um, there's plenty of things for the jury to look at. But I would suspect that somebody covered up for him. And I would suspect that these women were part of the entertainment. When you listen to the 9-11 tape, it's really heartbreaking. Uh. So she recognized them and she them is who them are is to be, you know, who were part of this little sex party ring that abused women. And you're referring to this case, right? Are you referring to this case now? No, this case. Right. So for these women, these women were abused and somebody covered it up. And when you listen to the 9-11 tape, Rita, you hear her saying, you know, I'm being chased. Right. I'm being chased. Yes. And then she talked to one of them like she knew them. And like, you know, all of a sudden they were turning on her. And the whole uh, police department was under a whole bad influence. Yeah. Well, And so, by the way, worse than bad, you know, like, Tony, to your point, um, the fact that the police chief was charged with beating up this guy who took the thing out of the back of his car and it exposed like, you know, like some sexual torture. I mean, some really crazy stuff. And then meanwhile, he doesn't seem interested in investigating this other guy. I mean, there, there's some there's some real there, there's a lot more, I think, to the story. And just like you said, when that girl, um, it was Shannon who made that call. She's the first one who basically tipped off. And she said, I feel like they are chasing me. So they it wasn't one guy. She made it sound like it was at least two people. They means two. Uh, she said, uh, I feel like uh, some guys are chasing me. They. So when you hear that, it makes me think that there's a lot more to the story than meets the eye. 
1-800-848-9222. Tony, you are spot on, and we'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about the Gilgo Beach serial killer. By the way, now it makes sense why they also busted him at his office in New York City. You can see the video. He like is leaving the office and he's going to, it looks like maybe like a newsstand or something like that. And they all corner him suddenly uh, and box him in so there's nowhere to go because he's a big guy. But maybe they suspected also that maybe he had an arsenal in his home. And now there is word that he had up to 300 guns stashed in a vault in his basement. Three times as many weapons as first believed. What was he doing with all these rifles, revolvers, pistols, semi-automatics found in a container that was walled off behind a locked metal door? In his basement. And apparently he had 92 gun permits. So what about the other guns? And who gave him 92 gun permits? Didn't it raise a red flag that an architect? And remember, the last chief of police uh, had a lot of problems. He was arrested. He was sent to jail. So was he aware that somebody in town was suddenly getting all these weapons? Surely somebody would have been raised a red flag if somebody's getting 92 permits and putting it all. It's like an army was there. No wonder they wanted to make sure that they busted him at his office. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Sandra. Line six. Sandra, your thoughts about all this? Oh, Good evening, Rita. This is all, you know, I'm just getting into this case, but over the weekend, I was listening to Curtis Lewa. I came in in the middle of the conversation about Gilgo Beach, and he has um, an audio of a woman from Jersey City in a car with a pimp, and she doesn't want to go, and she doesn't want to go. And I'm wondering, is this one of the girls, not that died, of course, but or may, who knows, but was she a part of this thing that was going on? And then, then I say to myself, I once saw a movie called Hostel. I don't know if you know that movie, but, you know, very normal-looking people do very, very, very bad things to people. I thought of that. 
And then I, when I just saw the daughter of this man, and I feel so bad for her. She looks so clean cut and so nice. And what she has to go through with all this, you know. And you know, who, you know, I also feel bad for Sandra too. Um, I do feel sad for the daughter because you assume the family knew nothing about it. Let's hope it doesn't seem like they did. The wife also apparently was out of town during a number of these instances, so they're kind of pinpointing that too as well. And then the other issue is there's a special needs son. I mean, I feel so bad for them. And you're right, he was just kind of living this normal life. And to answer your question, um, they're actually looking into some of these cases in Atlantic City as well. There could be some ties uh, to some of the cases there, too. So this could go a lot further. The Rita Cosby Show. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita. Cause your perfume is smelling sweet. Since when I saw you down on the And later on in this hour here on the Rita Cosby Show, we're going to be talking about what I think are just disgusting comments coming from Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal. I mean, when you see her comments, she's part of sort of the squad. She's the leader of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. So she's a Democratic leader. And her comments are just downright disgusting and anti-Semitic. And it is shocking that so far tonight, we haven't heard from the president or the vice president come out and speak and say just how disgusting and shameful these comments are. Also, by the way, the president of Israel, Isaac Herzog, remember the prime minister is Netanyahu, but Israel's president is Isaac Herzog. He is set to address Congress in a joint meeting later this week. So the timing of this is just shameful because she was planning on basically boycotting his speech. Maybe she still will. But in the middle of all this, where are the Democratic leaders? Some of these comments that have come not just from her, but think about some of the things that Ilhan Omar had said in the past and other comments that we've seen. You know, remember, uh, it's all about the Benjamins. All these others, you rarely ever hear the Democrats condemning it, and especially Democratic leadership. It is just horrible. And here is what Congresswoman Jayapal, again, from Washington State, one of the members of the squad. She's the leader of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. And this is what she had to say just a few days ago that's raising eyebrows around the world. Take a listen to what she said about Israel. As somebody that's been in the streets and and has participated in a lot of demonstrations, I think I want you to know that we have been fighting to make it clear that Israel is a racist state, that the Palestinian people deserve self-determination and autonomy, that the dream that the dream of a two-state solution is slipping away from us, that it is not, that it does not even feel possible. It does not even feel possible. Wow. So saying Israel is a racist state. Then she tried to kind of backtrack and kind of change her verbiage. But boy, what does it say that the White House and 
others in key leadership positions haven't really come out and condemned her. The White House hasn't said peep. And they never really said anything, remember, in the past when those other comments were coming from Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, the list goes on and on and on. And also, Jayapal was planning on leading a protest this week when the president of Israel, one of our greatest allies in the world, was planning to speak and do a joint session before Congress. That is still scheduled, but it is really shameful, I think, and I just think irresponsible for the president to allow these comments from members of his own party to go unchecked and unscathed. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, we are continuing to also talk about some of these stunning details that have been coming forward as the evidence is mounting against this guy, Rex Hureman. He is a Long Island man who was working in New York City on Fifth Avenue as an architect, going to work every day as a wife, has two kids. Apparently, he lives with all of them in this small little house in Massapequa Park in Long Island. And it's just shocking, the consciousness, now to find out that he had a sort of a separate room and in there had a hidden arsenal of over 300 firearms. And he had permits for 92 of them, which, again, I contend should have raised enormous, enormous red flags. Also, the women that he has been so far charged with, he's been charged with killing three of the women. They believe at least four of them will be pinned with him because they were all four together. They also believe it could go a lot higher. But there's also a lot of unanswered questions here that make you wonder if he acted alone. And yeah, he obviously had firearms, but the MO on the way he killed some of these others it looks like it was strangulation. So we were talking earlier today with Rudy Giuliani, who says it's not out of the question that maybe somebody else was also involved. Listen to what Rudy had to say. And remember, the, uh, the, the original girls that were found were strangled. But the others that they're looking at that seem to be connected to him, many of them were shot. And the other, so, the other DA that went to jail was DA Spoda. Yeah, and Spoda went went to jail co- covering up for the police commissioner Burke, who they believe was covering up for somebody who somebody. was who was caught with prostitutes, and these women were escorts through Craigslist. I mean, it's fairly similar. You know, we don't know, but boy. Yeah, and that was a conversation we had on Cats and Cosby earlier today. Still, so many unanswered questions. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike in Myrtle Beach, line one. Mike, your thoughts about all this. Thanks for hanging on there. Oh, that's all right, Rita. That's all right. Um, I was charging my phone and originally from Nassau County. And I was telling Kenny, um, Ocean Parkway goes right by Gilgo Beach. I was there many times over the years. When our first house, my daughter was born 33 years ago. West Iceland, the same town as the Hero Marine on the subway. And, you know, it, it, like Dominic Carter, you guys are aces back to back. It doesn't pass the smell test. You know, what Rudy said about the Suffolk police chief and also Spago, the DA, and this, this, this uh, gargantuan Caucasian devil, um, you know, through hard police work and DNA, 
Um, and I don't know why, even Curtis's show last night, he said, I don't know why they said, no, we don't need the FBI. We got our own comrades to take care of this. Well, listen, uh, 12 years, and there was a place called uh, Oak Beach Inn Music on Ocean Parkway. I went there many times. And as we were leaving, you know, we would go over the Robert Moses uh, uh, Causeway to get to West Islip. And it's a shame that these uh, young ladies who were living a rough life, you know, um, and, and this psycho had over 300 guns. And uh, I'm yeah, familiar with By that. the way, doesn't that raise a red flag to you, Mike? Yeah. That 300 guns, apparently 92 permits. I mean, yeah. after like the third or fourth, you should go, well, wait a minute. This guy's an architect. It's not like he owns a gun range. I mean, there's something really fishy about this that who signed, I want to know who signed off on the gun permits. I, I mean, honestly, what kind of an idiot signs off 92 gun permits to an architect? Um, and then apparently he had them hidden in the secret vault, secret area in a room that he didn't want to show anybody who visited the home. So it was, right. so if he was a collector, he wasn't raving and showing off his collection. And that's, there's something really odd and really creepy about all this. He had, you know, assault rifles. And like you said, I don't think I was laughing. You know, I don't think he was a gun aficionado, a collector. I think he was just a mentally disturbed, twisted, uh, gargantuan Caucasian. Which is why some bells should have gone off when, when, (laughs) you know, when, when you see somebody, he's a big guy, not that that matters, but suddenly somebody is getting all these different gun permits. You know, and buying all these other guns, the, I guess the other ones were illegally purchased. I mean, there's a lot of questions here. How did he get the guns? Who sold him the guns? Now that they have the guns, hopefully they can match ballistics because some of the women were killed, were shot, some were strangled. But you would imagine hopefully they would be able to match the ballistics. Um, but it right. would be interesting. You know, maybe there's there. Why, and why was this passed over for so many years, Mike? We were just talking about the two, uh, the D.A. and the former police yeah. chief. Why did they let this pass for about 10 years? There's something there's something really yeah. unseemly. And it's not normal for a former police chief to get busted uh, tied to basically a porn ring. You know, I mean, there, there's something really bad here. Without a doubt. And, you know, you hit the nail on the head, Rita. It's similar to uh, the Democratic donkeys, how they treat Hunter Biden and, and Joe. And I hope they get nailed soon because you can't hide anymore. But they get a slap on the wrist, you know, with Suffolk County. And I'm familiar. I got a lot of friends retired in Nassau, NYPD, and a few Suffolk. But, I mean, they're playing smoke and mirrors. Yeah, smoke and mirrors, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. There, There is something really rotten. And I mean, this may be a scene out of a movie. I mean, there may be this may go very deep and well beyond. I mean, clearly, it seems like they missed the mark because what happened was it wasn't like suddenly new evidence discovered. It sounds like right. they just did the right thing. They finally investigated it like they should have 10 years ago. And why would you not if you're, a, you know, if you're a, a police you know, chief and law enforcement, and you live in that community, this should be priority number one. This is an enormous case. Everybody around the world knew about this case. And yet it seems like they didn't do some basic uh, detective work. And it begs the question, why, Mike? Why? You you nailed it. You hit the nail on the head. They were just, you know, uh, like... like uh, the, the- were they lazy? <laughs> were they corrupt? What is it? That, that could be a, a number of... Uh, 
a number of things that came into play. Where's the dead presidents I refer to? Paper money, dead presidents. You know, who, who's making a deal? And who's doing this? And who's, you know, uh, you know, giving a deaf ear and a blind eye? Yeah, and the question is why? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope that uh, I hope we get to the bottom of that. Mike, thank you very much. Let's go to Steve. Line two. Steve, your thoughts? Uh, yes, a very uh, an observation about a very small point that you ma- mentioned a little earlier, Rita, which could have very big consequences in the new legal environment. You mentioned that the uh, police were the uh, recording said they on it, therefore it meant there were multiples, two or more attackers. Yeah, you would assume if somebody says they, yeah. Uh, no, but you'd be living in the current era, and they is now a personal pronoun for transgenders, for singular. Ah, so what, do you think that it could be? I mean, by the way. No, we, it'll be, what I meant is yeah. it will be misinterpreted now in the new environment. It, in, in the case of the woman, fearing for her life, she's, she's saying they. Right. She means in the plural, just as you said. Right. No, no, no. The, you, you're, the current jury will be selected from a population, perhaps with woke people who want criminals to get off. And they'll say, oh, that's not proof of that there were multiples there. No, that's the that's now a chosen personal pronoun for transgenders who want who have multiple personalities. Or or they'll be mad that she maybe used the wrong pronoun. You know, yeah. I mean, it reminds me of something that I once heard on a ship that was going down. Person the boats, person the boats. <laughs> well, you know what, Pete, you know what, Steve, um, to your point that um, that the jury, who knows how they interpret it, but I don't think anybody's going to want this guy to walk. And I think right now what we've heard of the evidence, it is really, really strong, um, at least on these three cases, it seems really strong. And I think now that they have the person, they have a lot of DNA. I'll be curious to see. Uh, what else is in what else was in that basement? Um, they took also a freezer. They took a lot of stuff from the guy's home. Maybe there were other things in the house uh, that could be indicative. Who knows? Uh, was there somebody else involved? Does he have evidence of somebody else involved? Is he going to try to point to somebody else involved? You know, that call, if I'm a defense attorney, I use that also. Um, I use that information. It was Shannon Gilbert's call. So if they're referring to I'm being chased, they're chasing me. If I'm a defense attorney for this guy, I say you only have one person. How do you know he did it? You know what I mean? Uh, you know, maybe this person it's they. I mean, it, I think I think it opens up a huge can of worms. Which, and I also think if there's somebody else out there responsible, we need to get to the bottom of it, even if it's a high-ranking individual. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And after the next break, we are going to be talking about not only our great support, our heroes, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, but also 
Camilla Jayapal, the congresswoman from Washington state, making really anti-Semitic remarks, calling Israel a racist state and saying that she's planning to boycott when the Israeli president comes and does a joint session before Congress later this week. It is shocking to hear that from a sitting member of Congress, but not surprised from a member of the so-called squad. We're going to take your calls on that and the fact that so far the president and the vice president and many others in key leadership positions have not said one word. And that, to me, is really shameful. By the way, also uh, the first pretrial hearing in the classified documents case against former President Trump is set for tomorrow in Florida It's likely to focus on how the classified documents are going to be shared between Trump and his team and the special counsel, Jack Smith. The case is set to begin next month, but federal prosecutors have asked for it to be moved to December. And Trump has essentially said that he would like it also delayed. So not likely uh, to get started uh, next month, probably not even in December, but it certainly will be probably smack in the middle of election season or right afterwards. But all the logistical sessions and hearings and discussions on what to do with classified documents, how to handle them and who should see them, all that stuff is going to be starting tomorrow. Also on the Wednesday is going to be the IRS whistleblowers are going to be testifying. Uh, The one we know of, Gary Shapley, and the one who has never been disclosed by four. Uh, This is whistleblower X he goes by, but he is apparently that uh, whistleblower is going to come full face and is going to actually speak and address basically the American public. That is going to be so powerful on Wednesday. So an action-packed week for sure. And we're going to be talking about all of this. Meantime, we are talking about the Gilgo Beach murders and the fact that this guy uh, got permits for 92 permits and was found to have 300 firearms in a secret room. This is really scary stuff. And who let this happen? Let's go to Dave, line one in Pennsylvania. Dave, your thoughts. Yeah, hi, Rita. You said something about who signed off on uh, all these permits. It's not a question of who signed off on all these permits. What it is is that you could go to 25 different gun shops and you apply for federal and state permits to own the guns. And that information is supposed to go into a, a, a database. Right. Now, this I had said something to somebody earlier today. I was on another show. How in the world could it be that this did not raise a flag? And they're looking at this, so they haven't mentioned that, that, that they looked at this. So that's a question right there. Yeah, 1,000%. One, 1, How come they didn't need, there wasn't like some bell that went off in a database? I, I 100% agree with you. Let's go to Pete in Staten Island. Pete, your thoughts about all this. Hi, Rita. This is going to be very unpopular. This morning I met with a couple of the attorneys and with the firm that I'm associated with. Yep, and? and we all came up with the same thing. This is going to, it's going to be an insanity uh, they're going to plead insanity with this guy because even everyone keeps mentioning the word, this is crazy. This I don't is See, crazy. I don't think so, Pete. And the reason is, I don't think he's, he may try that, but he calculated, he organized, he orchestrated, he taunted victims' families afterwards. That's premeditation. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Cosby is on. 
Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great military and their families, a powerful story coming from Florida, where the Hercules Project, which is a Florida-based not-for-profit, is hosting a special event to help veterans and their families. It's called Conversations Through the Arts, a Theatrical Exploration of Military Life. It is a dramatic reading of an excerpt from the Greek tragedy Ajax. Afterwards, there's going to be an interactive panel focusing on military transition, suicide, mental health, and also social issues. The panel is made up of veterans, family members, and mental health professionals, and they will discuss their personal reactions to the play and invite the audience to share their perspectives, emotions, and life journeys, especially those in the military. Organizers say the goal is to start a conversation to reduce the stigma and raise also awareness. What a powerful story and how beautiful often art opens the door to discussion for people to talk about post-traumatic stress and experiences that they endured, sharing them often publicly and also even with their families, often for the first time. So bravo to these great folks doing this incredible mission. Well, we are talking, of course, about this horrible case of Rex Hewerman, who has now been charged with three counts a first-degree murder, three counts, a second-degree murder tied to three killings in the very well-known now Gilgo Beach murders. And I think at the end of the day, there's going to be a lot more charges against this 59-year-old father of two, but also maybe some others also involved. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Carol, line two. Carol, your thoughts. Hi there, Rita. You know... This guy, 10 years now, they've been pursuing this case. Thank God law enforcement never gave up, and they finally caught him. Yeah, thank God. Carol, you're right. Thank God. Uh, Let's go to Stan. Uh, Stan, your thoughts about all this. Uh, It is amazing, as Carol talked about, that after 10 years, but it seems like it was the ball was dropped for 10 years and finally picked up just a few years ago. You know what hasn't been discussed? As much as I despise Rudy Giuliani, he is right on this thing. There is more to this. I think. Well, I love Rudy, and I agree there's more to it. I'm talking about the case. He mentioned the case. I don't agree with him on 90%, but on this point, he said the possibility that there may be underground group of people that did this, 18 people did. I think it, and the guy that they arrested, the police chief, there may be a group or an organization, it could be, that are sickos that did this. By the way, Stan, I agree with you. There's something weird. Don't you think there's something odd? It's too many. Yeah. And the fact that this police chief, who was the guy in charge, I mean, you know, caught with porn and all these other like horrible things. There's 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 something there. I agree with you, Stan. Guns. I don't think the guns matter as much as one. This guy, the police chief was arrested. And there's got to be more to this. That 18 people killed one guy. No, 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 no. This guy had help. Yeah, there's got to be underground group of maniacs who have high positions, an architect, maybe lawyers, maybe. And it's going on. It, you know, we, we know the, the underworld. Uh, we don't know what's going on. But in this situation, I'm thinking there is 
some maniacs out there that killed all these people. And this guy didn't do anything, this police chief. That makes me think, forget the guns for a minute. I don't think that's as important as that this case was lagged and let go. And it's too, it's too, it's too crazy. 18 people, right? Is that the right? 18 people, are we correct? Well, they believe 18. I mean, it could be more. I mean, exactly. that's the other so thing. So it can't be just one guy. I, I mean, he can't be that good a killer. I don't just, know. I don't I, know. He had. He sure had a lot of guns. But you're right, Stan. I, I, think, there's a, I think there's more to the story, 1,000%. Uh, I agree with you, my friend. Uh, let's go to Dave in Comac, line six. Dave, your thoughts. Uh, you know what? I think everybody's prejudging this guy. Just because... What, he seems like such a nice guy with 300 guns? Let me make my point. Yeah, please. The point is that just because they found his DNA on there doesn't mean he killed them. He may have had sex with them, and that's why that his DNA is on them, but that doesn't mean that he killed them. And, right, so what? He uh, had an obsession with following the case, but that doesn't mean that he killed them. There's plenty of people that read up on or research the case because it's a very interesting case. Are you, are you like Rex Sherman's like classmate or something or what's what's no, the no, uh, right. I just, so I'm let me let me play that are attorneys all right, and Dave reasonable doubt by right? the way Dave Dave and I actually I think that that is where he may go um, in the case but you can play devil's advocate for let me just say they've got the phone calls okay if they can match the voice they may have a recording. So if they can match the voice, they did find the hairs. Like you said, he could say that that was, you know, he was having sex with them. Well, let's just play devil's advocate. Why didn't he come forward all those years? What, just the people he happened to have sex with just all end up dead? It's all a coincidence? You think he's the only one that had sex with them? What I'm saying is he if they can trace that he had sex with them that day, they can trace the burner phones that he purchased. He was actually buying one not that long ago, putting minutes on it. Um, so if they can pinpoint that he was with them at that time and then what they suddenly all end up dead and what it's just a coincidence, I, I, I hear what you're saying because I, I think the defense is going to go exactly where you're going, Dave. Do you think they have a, a, a wing and a prayer or do you think it's all wishful thinking? Because it's a lot of coincidence, Dave. I think that you'd have to show the cell phone, GPS, longitude and latitude where he was. And show, but beyond a reasonable doubt, that the exact time that these people died matches with the exact time that he was there. I don't think you're going to be able to do that. Well, no, they seem to think they can. And that, that's why they actually, I think, went for the three women right now. As I mentioned, there's more than a dozen uh, that were killed. So it could go a lot higher. But right now, they seem to have, they believe they have a lock-solid case on the three that they were able to pinpoint calls coming at a certain time from that burner phone that he had. And then also not just from his home in Massapequa Park, but also from his office in New York City around the same time that certain calls were placed, certain also calls to Craigslist were placed, um, certain maybe discoveries, timing of online. The other thing, too, is some of the other women uh, were killed uh, by being shot. Maybe there's some ballistics that match his guns. Um, so I think they're going to be building their case a lot. But but I, I hear what you're saying, Dave. I completely, obviously, disagree. Uh, but I think that they will try to use that. A de- defense attorney will probably say that, that, oh, yeah, he just was having sex with these women, and that's why they didn't. He didn't want to tell his wife. Uh, but if he happens to have had sex with them the same night that they all end up dead, 
Uh, that's that's a, a very big coincidence. And again, now with all the stuff that it seems like they're pulling out of his house, um, I think they're going to have him dead to rights. I mean, I think that there's going to be so much evidence that's coming out that he won't be able to make any excuse. He's going to try to come up with any excuse. I do think he might also say, and I keep talking about all these other people, he might also say uh, that this one woman, according to the call, said they. So that so who's the they? Uh, you know, who was with him? Oh, the other person did it. I just had sex with her. I mean, I think they're going to try anything, but that's why I think authorities wanted to make sure that they had all the evidence. The car, somebody spotted the car. Somebody spotted the this. Somebody spotted the that. The wife's out of town. That's why the forensic evidence at his home, I think, is going to be really key. I mean, who knows what's in that basement uh, next to the guns? That, I think, is going to be extremely key in this case. Uh, Let's go to Gina. Line three. Gina, your thoughts real quick. Hi, Rita. Rita, um, I'm thinking about what I heard on Curtis Lee's show, the pimp that drove the girl, this Shannon Gilbert, to the place. She said in the recording, you were in on this all the time because she realized they, they were up to no good and that she was in great danger. When the pimps drive these girls to these uh, Johns, they leave without the girls. They know something happened to these girls. So it's like some kind of... Uh, a conspiracy that they're all working together. Yeah, and one of the, and by the way, one of the pimps, I'm not sure if it's the same pimp, but one of the pimps came in and also basically um is the one who said, "Hey, you may want to take a look at this guy. Uh you may want to see there was a uh, uh there's a vehicle. It's like a green Chevy Avalanche. Sure enough, that guy has a green Chevy Avalanche. Um, you know, cuz the pimp said, "I saw, you know, this guy drive away in a green Chevy Avalanche." So there's there's there. Um, it's interesting, like you just said, um, they know more than they, you know, and that, and I wonder why didn't they go to that pimp before? This is not a new pimp. Uh, there's a pimp from 10 years ago. So why didn't they go to that pimp 10 years ago? I mean, there are just there's so many questions why it was swept under the rug. And that's why I tend to think there's a lot more to this story than meets the eye. Uh, no question. Bob, real quick. Line uh, two. Bob, your thoughts. Yeah. Um Nobody's bringing up the fact of uh, what, like what this guy did the past ten years. I mean, uh, over the last the last murder was what, like in 2010, 2011? So we know anyone, of. So did, we know of. Right. So I mean, were they able to like corner his uh, burner phones for like the past ten? Did he did he use any burner phones the past ten years, or was it only like from 2010, 2011 back then? You know, like you said, there could have been other other situations other other murders he committed in other areas that's a great point great point bringing that up yeah because and also by the way bob normally you don't just stop either like unless you have some big like life change or something and we haven't heard that there was some dramatic life change in his life but you're right um i if i were them first off i don't know if the guy traveled or went on vacation or did any of these things i would be really curious to see where else he traveled uh, follow up on other times. Apparently, uh, during some of these killings, the wife was out of town. The wife is from Iceland. And I know at least on one of the trips, she was overseas. And the other, she was out of town. So if you can kind of put all that together, I'd like to know where else did he go? Uh, what were, what was he doing the other time she was out of town? Are there other cases that we just don't know about that maybe he moved away from Gilgo Beach and went somewhere else? 
Um, that That is a great question, and I hope law enforcement are looking at that now and putting it together. The good thing is they have all these guns. It didn't sound like the guy expected he was going to be busted, which is great, because he probably didn't clean up anything or move anything you would assume that he had there. So given that, um, hopefully uh, maybe they have some really strong evidence that they were able to pull from his house, and I bet you we'll probably find out in the next day or so. Really, really powerful stuff. Uh, let's go real quick to Larry, line six. Larry, your thoughts. Yeah, I think, it, I mean, in this particular, I was listening to the other guy say that they have to prove he was having sex at the same, he was with her at the exact same time that, that uh, they were having yeah, sex. Yeah, she just I happened was, to end up dead all those nights, every single one of them, you know? No, no, I mean, I mean, in a case like this where it's a protracted length of time where they, where they, where they collar him, uh, it's, uh, it's evident they didn't plant his DNA. Okay, well, they're going to wait 10 years. You know, let's, let's set this guy up and wait 10 years. You know, it'll, you know, it'll look really good. Uh, you know, the fact that it happened 10 years later means if his DNA is on the body, that's already beyond proof, beyond the reasonable doubt. Maybe not for every jury, but it certainly could be proof beyond reasonable doubt that wouldn't be reversible. And and also the cell phones and all like that's why it's not just the single piece of evidence. It's the hair that was also on the I mean, there's a lot of stuff here that you can kind of pinpoint somebody sees the car, uh, made a description that one of them uh, saw a big, tall guy. I mean, there's a lot of things that pinpoint all those pieces together, which is why I think, Larry, they only went uh, with the three cases to start out with. Um, and then they can build the other cases out if they can find him on all these other cases, too, or at least some of the cases. When we come back, everybody, we are going to talk about Camilla Jayapal and her disgusting comment. I'm going to play it for you, and I want to get you to react after the break. Here is what she said. Again, can you believe this terrible anti-Semitic comment? She is the leader of the Progressive Caucus in Congress. She's a member of Congress from Washington State. Listen to what she said. As somebody that's been in the streets and, and has participated in a lot of demonstrations, I think I want you to know that we have been fighting to make it clear that Israel is a racist state, that the Palestinian people deserve self-determination and autonomy, that the dream, that the dream of a two-state solution is slipping away from us, that it is not, that it does not even feel possible. It does not even feel possible. It doesn't feel possible to me that a member of Congress would sit there and say publicly that Israel is a racist state. Where is Joe Biden? Where is the vice president of the United States? Why are they not condemning those disgusting comments that continue to come from members of the squad? We're going to take your calls when we come back. 1-800-848-9222. Should she be censured? Should this be this cannot be tolerated. Why is she still a member of Congress with this disgusting rhetoric? And who votes for these people? 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And 
We are talking about the fact that the head of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, this is Pramila Jayapal of Washington State, uh, said over the weekend that Israel is a racist state. Unbelievable that she would make that comment ahead of the Israel President Isaac Herzog's address to a joint meeting of Congress later this week, which a number of the progressives said that they will skip citing concerns about human rights. Uh, They don't skip China. Uh, They don't skip Russia. They don't skip a lot of things. I mean, this is just crazy. Unbelievable. And this vitriol of anti-Semitism needs to stop. And Kamala Jayapal making, Pramila Jayapal making those comments. Again, Israel is a racist state. Here is what House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said uh, today because he was outraged and wondering where is the president Where is the vice president condemning one of their own, a fellow Democrat? Think of before what also Congresswoman Omar said. She equated the U.S. military and Israel security forces with Hamas and the Taliban. She said support for Israel is all about the Benjamins. Supporters of Israel have an allegiance to a foreign country. Tlaib. What did she say inside their conference? That she had a calming feeling when discussing the Holocaust. Who in their right mind could even say that? Betty McCollum introduced a resolution to condemn Israel and support Palestinian terrorist organization. These are just multiple Democrats on multiple times consistently saying anti-Semitic remarks, and it has got to stop. These are all individuals in the Democratic Conference. Do they think Israel is an evil state? Well, if they believe differently, they should take action against their own for the comments coming from their leadership within their own Democratic Party, and that's wrong. Can you imagine? Had a calming feeling about the Holocaust. And I think about Ilhan Omar. Remember when she said of 9-11, oh, you mean that's when somebody did something? Uh, no, that's when they attacked the homeland of America. I, I mean, it was like, yeah, they sort of did something. I mean, it was really shocking. And the fact that this president doesn't have the guts to say anything, and they say that they're the party that supports Israel, how could you not condemn this immediately? Immediately. He's afraid of the progressives, and he's afraid to stand up to the progressives because some of them are are extremely popular. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, for example, you know, very well known, very popular. You know, some of these have big followings. Why do they have big followings with that kind of rhetoric? Israel is an enormous ally of the United States. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Morty, line eight. Morty, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? I hear you. Go ahead. So I know you got people on hold. I just want to get out all my points as quick as I can. Um, so me being a Jew and seeing how everything is going right now, especially how things have been going with, you know, the uh, attacks on Jews being 51% of all hate crimes <clears throat> uh, towards religion. Jews are being attacked now more than ever. They were not being attacked as much as they were when uh, Trump was president, but that's neither here nor there. Um, the thing I want to get across here is that, um, the main thing that people will say that are against um, Israel, meaning against literally for the right of Israel to exist, for Jews to 
exist in, in their ancestral homeland is, um, oh, well, Israel kills Palestinians on, on the daily. Well, the news is, the real, the real truth is that um, my, my Jewish brothers and sisters were slaughtered by Arabs before the existence of the state of Israel. And, and let and, me just ask you, um, Morty, don't you think, to the point, just because we have a few seconds, don't you think the president needs to speak up and condemn this? I mean, it, it, this is a Democrat. Yeah, absolutely. They do. Look, there's no future without one or the other. The Jews and the Arabs need to live together and coexist as one. I agree. By the way, 1,000 percent. And anybody who is making this kind of vitriol needs to be set straight uh, just because it's improper, but also for the world.